I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you. We are pub, uh, broadcasting, publishing. I used to be in the publishing business. We're broadcasting today from the Norda Center down at Utah Valley University. Uh, as was mentioned, former Vice President Mike Pence spoke uh, to a group of students and business and civic leaders here today. He also joins us live on uh, Inside Sources. Uh, he was very gracious with his time and a lot of great insight from the former Vice President. One of those in attendance today, former Congresswoman Mia Love, uh, was in attendance. She was also part of a crucial conversation with President Joe Biden last week back in Washington, D.C., and she joins us on the line. Mia, thanks for jumping on with us today. Thank you, Boyd. So let's let's start with the uh, the event uh, down here at Utah Valley University today. Uh, you obviously have a, a great relationship with the former vice president. Uh, tell us just a little bit about that and your your takeaways from his uh, comments today. I do, and we've all, we've always had a really good relationship. Uh, you know, I remember when I was with my children, whether it was at a Republican retreat or even in the Capitol. Whenever he would see me with my kids, he would just go straight to the kids and ask them how they're doing. Um, he was always just a sweet person. And, um, you know, those are the things that I remember about who he is. He's a gentle giant. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, definitely uh, had a great connection. And whether people agree or disagree with his uh, his politics or policies, uh, he's a, a person you have to say, OK, that's someone who knows what he believes and is going to stand by what he believes. Uh, and I think that's such an important uh, leadership component in the world today. Any specific takeaways from uh, from his comments today? He covered a wide range, everything from immigration policy uh, to what's going on in our schools and what's happening internationally. Right. Actually, it ties it ties all together, something that I heard him say at a speech when he spoke to the Heritage Foundation. He said, some people would like to focus on the past, but if Republicans are going to lead, we need to start talking about what we can and will do for the American people in the future. And so today it was nice to hear a little bit of just some of those details, some of the things that we're working on where everybody, especially on immigration, would like to play the blame game. They would like to say so-and-so is using this for politics, so-and-so is using this. But no one's taking ownership. No one's taking ownership on this is what, this is what we should do. This is what I should do. This is my contribution to this issue that is facing America. There are a few people that are doing that. And so I, I like to hear them talk about some of the specifics. Yeah, I thought that was a really fascinating policy discussion. Uh, we often talk about it in terms of you can you can have compassion and rule of law, and those are actually compatible. You don't have to buy into the fake fight, and as you mentioned, the uh, uh, the wedge issues and the campaign fundraising issues that uh, that immigration really has been. Uh, it's always nice to get to here's some specific solutions that pretty much everybody can agree on. Right. Right. 
So let's shift. Let's shift now. Uh, we'll flip to the other side of the political aisle. Uh, president Joe Biden uh, last week, I thought he gave one of the best speeches he's given as president at the summit. It was very different than the speech he delivered from Philadelphia just a few weeks before. Uh, this was one about uniting. This was about overcoming hate and hate filled violence. Tell me about your role uh, in that summit uh, and what you heard from President Biden. Well, I, I was asked to go because they wanted it to be bipartisan. They wanted it. They wanted to have people from both sides of the aisle because um, they wanted, hopefully, to be sincere in their in their title of uniting uniting Americans against hate fueled violence. And so I, I went because I wanted to. I've always said that whenever pe- two people are together in a room and they're talking about what they're for. That's American democracy at its best. So it was really nice to hear from, I think, the the stories that were most touching to me, to hear from mothers and fathers who have lost children to hate-fueled violence, to hear about victims that were there that were either hurt or nearly lost their lives from from an incident of hate-filled violence. I saw a lot of people there. I saw Republicans there that I knew. I saw Democrats there that I knew. And I, it is, I'll, I'll be completely frank. It's one of the only times that I've actually heard the president talk about something that is uniting the country, mm-hmm. unification, something that he promised us. He promised on the campaign trail before he became president. He said he wanted to be a president that unites the American people. So it's a completely different voice, a completely different approach when you hear talks about immigration and blaming than you do than you know what we what we heard at the at the summit uniting uniting the yeah. American people for that. Yeah, so so important, and we always talk about it in in terms of uh, you know what leaders should do, what leaders should do, and then sometimes we have to look at what we have to do to actually live it. Uh, and I know this is something that that you do on a regular basis. Uh, you often appear on CNN. Uh, most uh, appearances, uh, you are the the conservative voice that's represented. Uh, tell us how you navigate that uh, in terms of having those relationships with individuals uh, and how you help to elevate the conversation? Well, first of all, it's a lot easier for me to just remind myself that this is not about me. I'm not trying to put this perfect talking point together because I want to sound good. There's no point in me being where I am and saying the things I'm saying if I'm not going to make a difference for Americans. Right. It's, I, I contributed as a, as a member of Congress. I wrote legislation on immigration that, that really is bipartisan la- language I had, but it was too difficult to get people together because there are always these tiny little, whenever you're writing comprehensive policy, there's, all, there's always a little deal breaker, something that somebody cannot do. If you don't do this, I'm sorry, even though I like the rest of it. I I can do this, or I can't do this. I can't vote for it. So, you know, it's just, it's just a different way of being influential in a positive way. It's not about me. It's about what am I doing there? If I cannot contribute to society, if I can't use my gifts and talents for the betterment of my neighbors, of my country, there's no point. 
Yeah, absolutely. Great insight as always. Uh, Mia, love anything else on the horizon we should uh, be watching or what are you thinking about, especially as we roll towards those midterms? Well, we're going to be rolling towards midterms. It's really interesting. This is information that really I haven't shared outside of maybe even CNN, but there is this sentiment of having some new leadership. I feel it. I felt it when I went back to Washington just recently, a few days ago, and, and sat with friends on both sides of the aisle on the House floor. I went to say hi to some of my Congressional Black Caucus friends and obviously said hello to a lot of my Republican friends, whether it was in a cloakroom or on the floor. But there is just this sentiment that they need to have new leadership. But I think that that's actually falling on the shoulders of Nancy Pelosi. There, there isn't anyone that feels like there's going to be bipartisan legislation. It's just pass whatever you can um, as quickly as you can. And she's just wrangling all of her members to pass whatever it is they put on the floor. And I get the feeling, like I said, from both sides of the aisle, that they're, they're fed up with it. They would prefer yeah. to work to work bipartisan um, on a bipartisan level. They would prefer to have respectful debate. But when it gets when you get outside of that house floor, it's it's just a different game. Yeah. Uh, great insight. And we uh, definitely need some real leadership in those spaces to get to some real legislation that will make that difference for the American people. Right. Former Congresswoman Mia Love, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, great to have you down here at Utah Valley University today as well. And uh, we look forward to hearing your commentary and conversations in the, the weeks and months to come. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.